I'm Jim Cameron of Jim Cameron Consulting, broadcasting from the Fountainhead, the home of Synergy Billing in Holly Hill, and I'm your host for Volusia Matters, a program that delves into the latest in Volusia's governmental and political issues. Now, this show will include interviews with city and county as well as school board officials, members of our legislative and congressional delegations, and other members in the political community on a variety of topics. But everything will focus on matters that impact Volusia, directly or indirectly. And now for the news. I know I sound like a broken record, but the U.S. government could default on its debts this summer if Congress doesn't raise the debt ceiling. Both Democrats and Republicans are pointing the finger at each other for action not being taken. Now, House Republicans want to use raising the debt ceiling as leverage to achieve spending cuts while Democrats want a clean raise with no spending cuts attached. All sides agree that it would mean an economic catastrophe if the U.S. government defaults on its debts. But right now, there seems to be no viable movement towards fixing the looming crisis. It's been rumored in the hallways that Democrat moderates have been crafting an emergency plan with centrist Republicans, but their ideas do not have the approval from the White House, Democrat, or Republican leadership. I don't know about y'all, but I'm getting a little nervous. Stay tuned. Now moving on to city news. At their April 3rd meeting, the Deltona City Commission discussed and amended the Deltona Village business plan unit development to incorporate more land and cap the number of apartments that can be built for the project. This 166-acre Deltona Village Track project should include stores, cafes, offices, and multifamily dwellings just east-southeast of the I-4-472 interchange. Moving on to Daytona Beach, East ISB improvements will be taking shape. Tico Gas is relocating utility lines and FDOT construction should begin in June. For more information, go to FDOT's website, www.cflroads.com. Dot com. Now, next, remember a few weeks ago when Congressman Michael Waltz announced the Army Corps of Engineers flood study? In addition, FDOT has begun their annual canal maintenance of the Nova Road Canal, removing trees, trash, vegetation, and extra silt. Hopefully, it'll deter flooding. Next, 
Daytona Beach uses an automated notification system to maintain communication between residents and developers that are proposing projects. This includes text and emails that are used to announce neighborhood meetings. This pertains to rezonings, public use, or comp plan amendments. And if you want to be notified, go to www.codb slash notify me. Next, moving on to Edgewater. Edgewater Vision Plan. Edgewater and citizens and stakeholders will join city staff and a consultant team to provide feedback on the current concerns and future direction of the city with a focus on land development, community spaces, and streets. The forum will be May 18th, 6 to 8 p.m. at the City Council Chambers, 104 North Riverside Drive in Edgewater. Now moving on to Port Orange, the Port Orange Riverwalk Project and the Bristol Development Team met March the 30th to begin the review process of the Master Development Agreement and site plan for their Riverfront Mixed Use Project. The team provided city staff with an overview of their proposed Riverfront Project and designed elements including private streets, on-street parking, stormwater, building height, and streetscape, etc. A follow-up meeting will be scheduled soon to make revisions to the site plan before submitting the formal development applications for the project. Next item, on Wednesday, April 12th, Dr. Robert Young, Director of West Carolina University's program for the study of developed shorelines will discuss coastal processes, storm impacts, hazard vulnerability, sea level rise, and other beachfront issues. This will be at 5.30 p.m. at the Yvonne Scarlet Golden Community Center on Biden Street in Daytona Beach. Moving on, candidates update. Now for 2023 municipal elections for August primary and November general, Ponce Inlet Council seat three, we have Aaron I.M. Pillay is announced and for Port Orange City Council District 2, Tracy Grubbs. Next item, it's with mixed emotions. I announced that Daytona Beach City Attorney Bob Jagger is retiring as of June 15th. He's worked with the city's legal department for 15 years and the last seven of which he was city attorney. He's advised the commission on some difficult issues and has advised them well. At their last meeting, city commission agreed to start talks with assistant city attorney Ben Gross about becoming 
their attorney after June 15th. Meanwhile, Bob plans to stay in the area, do some traveling, and after that, who knows? We wish you well, Bob. You've done a great job. Now for some upcoming meetings. Volusia Elected Officials Roundtable will be May 8th, 9 a.m. Now this should be at Daytona Beach International Airport, unless they move it. But uh, this meeting is open to the public and it'll include elected officials from county government, Volusia School System, and Volusia Cities. I highly recommend going. Another meeting, Volusia Environmental, Cultural, Historical, Outdoor Recreation, ECHO Advisory Committee will meet Thursday, April 13th, 9 a.m., County Administration Building in the land. Now they'll review duties, responsibilities, procedures, and Volusia ECHO program processes. Another item, the County's Affordable Housing Advisory Committee meets tomorrow, Wednesday, April the 12th, 3 p.m. in the County West Annex Conference Room. Now that's 121 West Rich Avenue. Now that's just across the street from the County Administration Building in the land. Now they'll review and discuss process and timeline for evaluating and recommending affordable housing incentive strategies. Staff will provide an overview and they'll probably discuss those county properties that the council took a look at last week's meeting that might be suitable for attainable housing. Now at last week's meeting, the county council agreed to a revenue guarantee incentive to enlist a new low-cost airline. This is the backup fund to help a new airline meet revenue projections. If all goes well, that fund may not be needed. So say hello to Avello Airlines, which will start nonstop flights from Daytona Beach to New Haven, Connecticut, beginning June 22nd. Now, Daytona Beach International and the Southern Connecticut, New York region has potential for a strong customer base. Airport spokeswoman Joanne Magley said, while they're still trying to get direct New York service, Avello is a good option regarding fares since New Haven is basically service for Southern Connecticut and the New York region. Now, while service starts June 22nd, tickets are on sale now at $49 one way. Now, that's a no frills, so you'll include, you'll have to include checked bags and extras, bring your own drinks and snacks, and Avello is also talking about a second location up north to be announced at a later date. Moving on, Florida treasure hunt. One in five Floridians has 
unclaimed funds from a forgotten financial account. So go to www.fltreasurehunt.gov, click the search link, type in your name and city, and who knows? Now, $388 million was returned to Floridian, Floridians last year. Now, Florida Treasure Hunt is listed under the Department of Financial Services with State CFO Jimmy Petronas. Now for the Did You Know segment. Volusia County is home to over 14,000 enterprises that produce or provide a variety of goods and services. These companies transact business locally and globally, contributing annually to the 17 billion gross domestic product generated within Volusia County. Next, one other thing. I recently mentioned the Smoking Truth podcast, which is hosted by Deltona City Commissioner Dana McCool and my good friend Eric Ramundo. Now they have a good program and interesting guest interviews, news, and topics of discussion. So check them out, The Smoking Truth. And before we interview today's guest, I'd like to put in a word about Fountainhead. Jason Myers Headquarters Campus in Holly Hill for Synergy Billing. This facility is on the site of the old Holly Hill Middle School, 1200 Center Avenue, just north of LPGA Boulevard. Synergy Billing, a medical billing and coding company, is just one segment of Fountainhead, and there's more to come, so stay tuned. And now for today's guest, Daytona Beach Mayor Derek Henry. He was elected mayor of Daytona Beach in 2012 and is now in his third term. During his tenure, the population has surged and commercial development has been thriving. Thus, employment has been strong and property values have increased making Daytona Beach one of the nation's top cities for job creation. Now, prior to serving on the city commission, he was a teacher, assistant principal, and basketball coach at Mainland High School. I even remember teaching junior achievement to his students years ago. He is the executive director for Step-by-Step -Step Expressions and it is assistant principal at the Holly Hill School. He also chairs the First Step Shelter Board and serves on the board of directors for the Mary McLeod Bethune Statuary Fund, where he went to Washington, D.C. last July for the unveiling ceremony. Glad to have you with us today, Derek. Delighted to be with you, Jim. All righty, fantastic. Um, let's start with some questions here. City of Daytona Beach, y'all have a $131 million general fund budget 
And y'all are going to soon have to restart that process, the budgeting process, for uh, fiscal year 2023 and 24. Any specific challenges you see in next year's budget? Well, we've already begun the challenge. Uh, we uh, had a sort of a community, not visioning, but certainly a community listening session where the staff brought in uh, residents, listened to what they thought their priorities would be for the budget or should be or what, what the city should focus on. Um, we, we had about 200 and uh, 300 surveys returned. Then we brought in about 30 or 40 residents who went around and met with department heads from each department and shared their insights. Then the staff compiled all of that into a, uh, as a part of our strategic planning session. And we then uh, met strategically as a staff, as a commission, and we came up with three uh, top priorities for this year, which will be flooding, obviously, and um, workforce housing continues to be at the top of the list, as well as just residential uh, a litany of things that we wanna do for the residents to make their quality of life um, better and uh, allow them to appreciate it. So I have to say that with the surrounding flooding and fear of more flooding, that is going to be a challenge that we be able to appropriate money for more um, stormwater uh, remedies that we'd like to see happen. And of course, finding ways to um, raise money for affordable housing, workforce housing, which I think should be two to three million dollars a year that we'll need. Um, so that those are the top challenges, I think, moving forward. And I like that, though. And uh, let me and let me jump a question here, though, because I, I remember your excitement a few meetings back when uh, Congressman Michael Waltz called into the, the city commission meeting with news about funding of an Army Corps of Engineers study uh, to control flooding in uh, the central part of the city and all. And uh, anything new that you know of on the status of that study? Where does that go from here? Well, there's nothing new because the study, uh, in order to formalize the agreement, it's really in the Army Corps of Engineers' um, hands. Of course, we are uh, just doing what they tell us that we need to do. It takes about eight months for them to go through their process, and uh, they'll go through the process. They'll share some things with us. We'll share some feedback. We want to make certain that we do everything in order because if you get things out of order, they have to start the process all over. Yeah. So it's about eight months out before the form can get started. And then the study will take about three years to complete. Once the study is complete, if they find uh, reasonable uh, well solutions, then they will um, begin to execute the uh or implement the, the solutions. And we would be responsible for about 35%. Uh, we probably meaning the municipalities that are affected mainly by the Nova Canal, which would include uh, cities from Warman to Port Orange. Yeah, and I see, you know. And, and you know, that's a good thing. I remember you mentioned that night, though, that instead of a $1 million year one, one million year two, one million year three. It's all three million dollars in year one to get a jump start. 
And I think that's rather critical. All of it is uh, paid for by uh, the, the feds. And then bottom line is they've never done that before. First time they've ever done that that we know of. I remember. I remember that night. I mean, just uh, so uh, next item. Listen, it, it goes without saying uh, you've done an exceptional job above and beyond in leading First Step Shelter. And uh, that fundraiser that was back in what, uh, February, I believe it was, that was phenomenal. Really, really well done, really put together. And speaking of budgets, First Step Shelter, how's the First Step Shelter budget working? I mean, what is that, about $2 million, if I'm not mistaken? Oh, so the budget last year was $1.4 We have not, uh, you know, appropriated for this year. Um, yeah. But I would expect it will be um, su substantially higher, probably uh, one to six, one six to one seven. Um, but it's 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 going very well um, overall in terms of the operation of the shelter, um, and you know being able to raise two hundred seventy five thousand dollars on a fundraiser was was really uh, beyond anything that any of our board members thought we could do. Um, but we, we got it done, and, and hopefully next year we'll, we'll have a goal to, you know, to far exceed that. Uh, we want to make that an annual affair and one that, um, you know, continues to benefit a great cause. I plan to be there next year. I mean, I really enjoyed that event there. But uh, how many clients do you have out there at the shelter right now? Estimate. We keep over 60, and by, for, the, for the most part, we've had over 60 the whole time. But right now, we last checked, uh, we had 65. Okay, okay. Any plans for additional clients out there in the future? Yeah, we're trying to get up to 70 uh, on a regular basis. And, of course, they'll always vacillate. We were at 60, and we've moved up to 65, so we're trying to get to 70. And you know, and and that's a you bring up a good point. I mean, because uh, these are these residents out there, they are recurring residents. So, so I mean, that they move on, they don't stay there for what a year. Or so I mean, they stay there for what ninety, maybe a hundred. We try days. to turn them over. Yeah, we try to turn them over in four months. Yeah, and meaning a graduate. Of course, you have some that 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 didn't happen. But for the most part, our goal is always four months. Okay. Yeah, because that's important. I mean, it's not the same people out there continuously and all. And uh, good point there. But uh, listen, uh, legislature right now, they're about at their mid-session point or so. And I was up there, like I say, last week or so. And any specific bills that the city is following right now as it relates to legislature? Well, I'm personally following a bill on uh, um, that that would basically uh, make the local elected offices partisan. That's a bill of great concern to me because it would uh, compel us or give us the option to declare what our party affiliations are. And the reality is, I think that's about the worst idea that could come to local government. Uh, we see how divided our nation is right now along party lines. 
No one is working together. And I have never met a resident who cared about my party in terms of the work that I do. They're concerned about, you know, whether we deliver them clean water and water doesn't have no party. They want at least to show up or the fire to show up. They want their roads reconstructed when necessary. So I'm watching that very carefully because I would hate to see local government become mired in partisan politics. And then you'd have commissions that vote along party lines and work along party lines. You know, since Commissioner Cantu has gotten elected, she's been probably, you know, one of the most consistent voices across a lot of issues. And I have uh, certainly gotten along with her uh, as well as I've ever gotten along with the commissioner. Uh, and I would hate to see folks electing people based on party lines. It has no place in local government. I remember you pointed that out at uh, last Wednesday's meeting and all. I mean, so I remember that. But uh, listen, I happened to be in Tallahassee last week. Uh, they had Volusia Days at the Capitol. And, um, and that was the same night that y'all hosted that public input session as it relates to workforce housing mm -hmm. and the linkage fee study. So how did that how did that public input session go? Well, there were a lot of people there from the faith group that uh, voiced their opinion. Of course, they've always been strong about that issue and, and favorable. Um, but I thought, you know, it was we, we fulfilled our obligation to communicate, you know, some of the issues to the public and to hear from folks in a public setting. Uh, there are a large swath of people in our community who have the need, but who are expressing the need uh, as we are facing, uh, you know, basically a crisis in uh, uh, labor. Our labor pool is shrinking, uh, and largely because a lot of people don't have a place to live here. So uh, thought the meeting went well, and I'm very favorable on uh, the outcomes of. Uh, of, of, of the work that's been done thus far, thinking that we will get more done and, and be successful in getting some more workforce slash affordable housing. Well, good, good. Mayor, wanted to say thank you for being on with me today. Any closing comments? Well, you know, I appreciate your continued work in the community. Uh, you know, uh, Daytona Beach, Volusia County is a great place to live. And we're only because we have a, a variety of people who, commit themselves to our excellence and our unity. You know, even when we disagree, we tend to have the ability to work towards those things that we agree on and not fuss and feud over the things that we disagree on. Just vote them up or down and move on to new and greater causes. So this is a great place to live. And I think Daytona Beach, while we've had some great um, transformational growth and projects to move us forward recently, I think the best is yet ahead for our city. Well, that's a great, good attitude there. I like that, Mayor. So thank you again. Sure appreciate you being with me. We'll be in touch. All right. Take care, Jim. Thank, thank you, you, Mayor. for having me. And again, I'd like to thank today's guest, Daytona Beach Mayor Derek Henry, for joining us. And I want to announce that again, as of this minute, the U.S. debt stands at $31.6 trillion and growing by the minute. 
Now look for a new podcast episode to be released next week and the views on this podcast may or may not necessarily express the opinions of Jim Cameron Consulting. And for more news, check out my newsletter, which is emailed each month. And if you're not receiving it, call me at 566-2140. And if I miss your call and not return it in eight business hours, I'll pay you $1,000. And listen for my seven-minute legislative recap broadcast this Friday, April 14th, where I'll focus on bills in the House and Senate. Also, I'd like to get your feedback on this podcast. Please answer the attached survey and please press the like and subscribe buttons. It'd sure help me. And before I close, I'd like to ask that you support First Step Shelter. My good friend, Victoria Fallberg, has her hands full out there, but she's doing a phenomenal job. This is Jim Cameron signing off, saying peace, love, and roll tide.